welcome back to the Cave Escape Podcast. I'm Ashton Goolsby. And I am Caleb Groves. And we are back here again today, wrapping up our discussion of the liberal arts tradition, a philosophy of Christian classical education by Kevin Clark and Ravi Scott Jane, published by Clackal, Classical Academic Press. Clackical. Clackical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last time we concluded our discussion of philosophy, we had gone through the three different types of philosophy which I'm blanking on, they were... Uh, natural philosophy, moral philosophy, and divine philosophy or metaphysics. Yes, that's right. So last time we talked about divine philosophy or metaphysics. And today we're concluding by talking about theology. So is, Caleb, is, is theology just the last art that is to be studied of all the arts in order? Yes. <laughs> not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> no, it is not. It is the queen of all sciences, and it's actually what all of what we've talked about so far points to. All of classical education leads up to, it's like the, I think they also phrase it as like the pinnacle of the sciences. Hmm. It's like the pinnacle of classical education. Everything is ramping you up to theology. And it's also kind of, in another sense, you're what you're doing the whole time. It's like the underlying one. Yeah. It's just like the one that you... You've been studying the whole time without realizing you've been studying it. And then at the end, you get there and it's official, hey, you're studying this now, but you've actually been studying it the whole time. Yeah. Um, so just also to clarify, this is not the case with classical education. This is yes. the case with Christian classical education. Right. So the way the ancient Greeks understood it, obviously, they would not have been studying theology as as we understand it they they would not have been doing biblical study the whole time they were doing it because they didn't yeah believe in the cuz theology is yeah. the it's it stems from the divine revelation that we have in the yep. scriptures so it's like it's still a science because it's a body of knowledge that we have but it's not a body of knowledge that's developed by human reasoning it's a body of knowledge right. that we get from the revelation of god to us so it's not something that we can, none of the information contained in this science is something that we can reach through reason alone. Yes, and that they make that point several times in this this chapter here that we looked at. But I, I did also want to point out that even today, if you hear somebody talk about a classical school, it may not necessarily be a Christian classical school. I, yeah. I've, I had a friend that taught, he taught at a classical school out in Texas. And I was talking to him, I don't know, last year sometime, and he said, it's classically said most of the teachers are Christian, but it was a charter, a public charter school. So he mm. said they do the classical methodology. Even a lot of the curriculum he was using is stuff that I use with my fourth grade class at a Christian classical school. But he said, we cannot teach the theology with it. Mm. And he said it, it, he said it just feels like we're selling it short because we give them all this stuff. And he said, we can teach it almost, though, as just giving... Some people have given this opinion before. Some people understood it this way, but he can't state it as an empirical fact, mm. which, I've, to me, short short changes the the end result of it. Yeah. But they, they in this chapter here, they start us off, they say that there, there's three different approaches that schools have taken to try to work in the Christian elements into their curriculum. Mm -hmm. So they, they say here, in many schools, for example... Theological study takes the form of adding a series of particular theological courses to the curriculum. 
These courses variously survey the Bible, instruct in Christian doctrine, explore topics and methods in apologetics, and engage in worldview analysis. So that's one. Then they say other schools, however, attempt to integrate aspects of Christian theology into the curriculum itself, mainly by adding a theological dimension on history or literature courses. In this way, Old Testament and New Testament surveys are added as a component to ancient and Greco-Roman history. Major events and documents from church history are studied as part of Western civilization. Books from the Bible are read alongside other works in a literature course, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, real quick, we should probably distinguish what the differences in those two before we get to yeah. the third one. Mm-hmm. Do you do you care to help on that? Because I'm the confu- the second one confuses me just slightly. What exactly they mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The first one, the as far as I understand it, is just kind of regular school, but we're also going to have a Bible class, maybe apologetics class, and it's just kind of like regular schooling system with Bible classes added into it. So we basically just make Bible a separate subject. Right. Yeah. But the, like the actual mode of education is still pretty much the same. And it's not like necessarily from the right perspective, I guess is kind of how I'm understanding that one. But basically it's, just, it's like a secular education course. We just now slap Bible right. into the mix as well. Yeah. But then the second one as how I understand it is, it's kind of more just throwing the Bible and Christianity into all the subjects. And so it's like you're studying history. And so you're going to study these things that happen in history and you're going to study church history alongside of it. And you're going to read literature and you're going to read the Bible and maybe like Luther or something because it's like historical documents. And you just kind of have all these Bible Christian church things that are thrown in alongside all of your subjects or like, like as a part of all the subjects. But it's still, you're not actually, they're not changing the way that you teach the subject. You're just putting Bible and Christianity into all the subjects. So almost like you, like instead of adding just another subject to your list, you add another section of time in your subject. So I'm still going to teach the same history. I'm just going to carve out maybe 10 minutes at the end of class. We'll talk. And now the Bible would say this as well on what we said. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, I think so. Or kind of mainly by adding a theological dimension to history or literature courses. So they're like, Old New Testament survey is just like a part of their history class. What are some of the other things? Major events and documents from church history are just a part of Western civilization. Books from the Bible are read aside other literature. So they're just kind of like lumping it in. It's like, these are just kind of all in the same category. And so, but we're Christians, so we need to make sure that we have Bible stuff in all of our categories. Oh, okay. it's kind of how I'm understanding it. So trying to get, <laughs> trying to get your Bible points in every class. Yeah, we're gonna teach the same subject, but oh, we we got we gotta we gotta make, make sure the Bible's mentioned in there. Yes, <laughs> which is coming. I mean, obviously, like that's coming from like a good place. It's not yeah, just yeah. Oh, trying to yeah. get Bible points because obviously these are things important to learn. But you want to teach them from the right perspective, and it not yeah. just oh wait, we got to make sure that we put this in here. You know, and the the question here is. All three of these are going to get at the Bible has to be in there somewhere because we're believers. We read the Bible. You understand it's important. The question is just what is the best way to get the the scripture to the student and to teach it is yeah. is really what they're getting at. So mm-hmm. they've, they've given us two ways, uh, but then they go on. There's a third way they list here. They said still other schools envision theological education 
to be more a part of the fabric of the life of the school than merely a part of the curriculum. Such schools make the devotional reading of scripture and prayer part of the school day, conduct worship service, add the learning of catechisms as an additional course objective in various courses, and even require church attendance. Mm-hmm. So this this would be more of an education that, I guess in a sense you could say, the education, as far as the academics, is secondary to the theology. So mm-hmm. it's not just one that's concerned about, well, did we get our... Did we get a reference to the Bible in math class or in science class or literature class? But it's it's one that's concerned with even outside, outside yeah. the walls of the school, outside the class, certainly. So it extends from the classroom to the hallways, to the playground, but even from there it extends to how do you live your life. So it's teaching yeah. the student how to live a life in accordance with the Scripture. And if you do that, then every subject then is just a section of theology, theological right. study. Yeah. Would that be if, is that how you understood yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I think that's correct. That, that makes brings me back again to um, one thing I always loved about New College was the mission statement where they made the express reference to their work of shaping souls for the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. So it's not this, a lot, a lot of times, and this is something I've thinking about recently and I've talked to some people about but classical edu- education always always gets the reputation but it's, it's so rigorous and it's got so much work and it produces smart people but that should almost be secondary and I feel like sometimes sometimes we even get lost in the weeds of well I've read this book and I've done this thing and we can kind of like think think of that as the goal of it mm-hmm. but really the goal is am I living life in accordance with scripture and the things we read and the things we study Whatever, whether in school or in our personal life, should be just pushing us to better understand God and better serve and live a life in accordance with Him. Yeah. So I, I really liked this section, even though it's what was it like six pages? Yeah, it was the shortest of any of yeah, the. Yeah, this sections was a very short section. I wanted to underline the whole thing. Yeah. They also talk a little bit about the kind of the misuse of the subject. I think. I don't know if that's the correct way to phrase it, but saying that the scriptures are the subject of theology par excellence. Failure to engage them in the submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in the community of the people of God and over the shoulders, as it were, of the living tradition of the church has led and will continue to lead to distorted understandings and theological error. Hmm. So if you're just studying the scriptures but not taking into account all of the tradition of the church and like, the history of the church and Hmm. not doing so in submission to Christ and doing it in isolation and not in a community of people, then that's only going to like bring you to distorted results and distorted views of what Hmm. theology is. I actually heard somebody in our class at church yesterday in Sunday school, the teacher said, we were talking specifically about the passage that says, honor your father and your mother. And so he, he was encouraging the young men in the class, you need to honor your father and your mother. That doesn't always mean o- obey them, but that means you need to show them respect and honor them as your parents. But he said that even pertains to people that are not your biological mother and father. He said one of the ones he put in the category was your fathers in the faith, people who've come before you. 
who have given you these traditions and have left these works for you to read that they've wrestled with, which goes back to what we were Mm. talking about one of the first episodes of the podcast, The Great Conversation. You're not just dealing with everything here and now. There are people who have come before you who have thought through these issues. A lot of the issues that we see coming up in the church now today that people are combating, some of it comes down to we have forgotten our history. If you go back and look, people are have already dealt with a lot of these questions before for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So the idea of you need to study and have respect for those that came before you because those things are answering questions that you have now. Mm, yeah. I did want to also talk about the how they talk about theology being the queen of the sciences and also it being a body of knowledge that's not attained by human reason. Mm, yeah. But it's just it's purely revelation by God. Mm-hmm. Because they say in this one spot in the Christian educational tradition, theology is the science of divine revelation. This fact determines both its necessity as well as its location as the culmination of the curriculum, the queen of the sciences, which I don't entirely understand. <laughs> um, yeah, I was hoping you had a little insight on that. Right. Because <laughs> it being, because I mean, right before that it's talking about it is important to put Bible stuff in your curriculum, mm-hmm. but none of them none of these ways that we talked about before that were problematic isn't is theology as it's envisioned in the crystal the, the Christian classical uh, curriculum. You said none of the three ways were the way it was supposed to be envisioned. Not, not none of the three ways. I think the, the third way, that was the good one. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, th- um, I think the third one is yeah. the one that they were shooting yeah. for is the yeah, accurate. Yeah. But then also, so like all of the, they go on to talk about all the liberal arts and everything that we've talked about up until this point, philosophy, encompasses all of reality. Hmm. So like all of like God's creation, but then also humanity and humanity, the relationships therein. But scripture reveals things about all of reality that yeah. we can't actually get to just purely through reason and observing reality. Yeah. Cause it gives us things, very important things like the telos of things. Like, I don't think that we could get, the telos of man without the Bible. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. And so it's it kind of gives us this extra added dimension of understanding and truth about all the things we've already studied with all the other sciences mm-hmm. that we've done. And so it's kind of the one that theology being the queen of the sciences sheds light on everything to a greater extent than we can on our own. Yeah. It makes me think of the best example I I remember seeing of this was of all the philosophers Plato Plato's got to be my favorite, but looking at a lot of the 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 things he tries to explain he eventually gets to the the concept of the unmoved mover, which was um, basically what that means is for every for anything to move, and we even hold this true in science now something has to have moved something for it to move, so for for me to be able to get up and walk, well, something has to have moved me in a way to get me to get up and walk. And so he he could reason everything back, well, this thing moves because, again, uh, 
I don't know, an apple falls to the ground because a squirrel ran through the branch and shook it and knocked it down. What moved the squirrel to do that? Um, well, he might have reasoned it back to the earth, the earth and the movement of something when the planets or something led to something that led to something that led to something that caused the squirrel to move. But eventually he has to get back to what was the first thing that moved things. Mm-hmm. Something had to put everything in motion. And he, he didn't, he eventually got to the point where he said, there has to have been something that was not moved that moved everything else. Because to say this thing is the thing that moved everything else, well, the question is what moved it? He said, we have to hi- hypothesize if there was something that just put everything into motion that was not itself moved. And he didn't necessarily label that God. But then through, we as Christians can study his work and study a lot of the, and he has a lot of good conclusions he reaches on things, but it's only through the theology that his thinking can be fully realized and we can go, that unmoved mover that put everything into motion is God. Mm-hmm. God, I mean, through his name that he reveals to Moses, I am that I am. Yeah. He's he's basically saying, I, not I was or I will be. My name is continually present tense. I am the one who is sustaining and controlling everything. I am past, present, and future as well. I will always be the one who just is. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that that's the thing I think when I, when we say theology is the the queen of all of the, you say arts or sciences I can't remember sciences of all the sciences bodies it's, of knowledge, yeah it's it's the one that it crowns all of them mm-hmm. all of them find their their end in this one science here the study of God, yeah, and so they they talk about two important implications that follow from that, mm-hmm. the first one is. For thinkers in the Christian tradition, the very fact that God's revelation is the, a source of knowledge, in addition to that studied by the ca- classical curriculum, man, we're both having trouble with that word classical today. <laughs> uh, in addition to that studied by the classical curriculum, requires a science devoted particularly, particularly to its study. And the second point is, in addition to new information, the scriptures also give an authoritative interpretation of the knowledge already available to human reason. So I guess we kind of already talked about that a little bit, but I think that that second point is super cool, that it gives an authoritative interpretation mm. to everything studied in all of the other sciences and philosophies. Yeah. And it also makes me wonder how much is lost if you don't believe in the Bible. Yeah. Because you only get that interpretation of all of those things if you believe that it is authoritative. Yeah. Which is it's something that in my own education I, I look back on and I, I guess it's a topic for a different time, but just the fact that there was so much of scripture underlying everything I studied. Yeah. I can't think of going back over it again without that. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's the the reason why I love it and find joy in it. I mean, as much as I'm a horrible math student, horrible at math, but it was once we, with Mr. Spun, we did geometry and... Um, but we studied it. We studied it through Euclid. But we did sacred geometry as well, and even studying it in light of Scripture and the cosmos and God's creation. Studying it that way, I had to go. I'm not the best at this. I do not understand it nearly as well as anybody else in the class. But I love it, and I'm mm-hmm. to the point now where like I, I've, I feel like I'm not super qualified, but I want to teach it. I want to teach it to people who don't know it because. Uh, 
they need to see how wonderful it is as well because it's just awesome. Yeah. Even though I'm totally not qualified compared to any number of people to teach it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to talk about how theology directs like our understanding of piety or it directs piety and music and gymnastic training. Yeah, they they tied it all the way back to the yeah. beginning of uh-huh. the was it PG mapped? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how it like unifies the whole curriculum. Yeah. Up until this point. Do you have that section? I do. So they talk about how theology forms our piety by revealing the God who is to be feared as Lord and loved as a father. Mm-hmm. And it teaches us. So actually, it was really cool. This section kind of, it goes through the different aspects of piety and kind of how, sort of how we talked about piety isn't just devotion to God mm-hmm. and religious practice. It's also like to your heritage and to your family and your community and your history and everything. So they said it teaches you who is to be feared and loved as father. It teaches us to honor our father and mother. It calls us to love humbly and to serve our neighbor. And it ought to also drive us into the community of people, the community of the people of God, and even to preserve the world in the world, whatsoever things are true, honest, just lovely and of good report. Hmm. And so it's kind of this whole, this full, much more full bodied, definition of piety that involves almost all the relationships that a person can have do they also talk about the the two greatest commandments love god and love your neighbor i think they talked about that somewhere in there but the idea yeah which we talked about a little bit last time too but the way that it it it, it takes in your whole being but your relationships of you should first love and serve god and of course it's theology study of god it of course speaks to that one yeah. But then even taking a step further, love your neighbor, your relationship with your neighbor is an important part of this theological study. You're learning to love God and serve him, but then also by extension flowing from that, you love your neighbor and serve them as well. And that's something that's something even <clears throat> where where I teach, we're constantly in conversations I've I've had to have with the headmaster about how do we deal with certain younger children learning how to engage and get along and things. How, how do we deal with some of these things? And it, not looking at it as simply a, well, this is an extracurricular matter, just stick to the classwork, but being willing to go, you know what, we need to, we need to pause for a second because this is something that's affecting the group as a whole. We need to get to the bottom of this. This is the core of what we do, not the academics of it. Mm-hmm. because it is something he reminds us of all the time. The headmaster reminds us of all the time. They will forget the vast majority of the facts that you give them in class. Yep. But what they're going to remember is the, the joy of engaging in the subjects. And they're also going to remember the various frustrations and pains that come with it as well. And those are lessons to be teaching them as you go through. And that's shaping their heart. So that's shaping them as people. Mm-hmm. The other stuff, they're going to forget most of it. They will have to go back over it multiple times as well. They will be okay regaining that knowledge at some point. But what we're trying to grow them in is how to be godly young men and women. And that's something that needs to be addressed first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they also talked about the aspect of loving God with 
all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, hmm. and how the gymnastics training is learning to use your body well so that you can love God with all your strength. Like kind of also like interpreting yep. strength as your body, mm-hmm. being able to love God with your body requires you to yeah. have a healthy and fully functional body that you know how to use well. Yeah, that section was interesting. I can't mm-hmm. remember, was it, I don't think it was in this section, but where they talked about that, I think it was in the next section where they talked yeah. about that one monk who practiced all the self-denial. They said he would oh, sometimes yeah. go days without sleeping or he might eat once in a day or once every two days or something. Or four days. Yeah, it was it was something crazy like that. And his food was just water and bread yeah. with salt, I think. And it's it's the, the, his point with that, I'm trying to see if I can find it real quick. The the point was he's he's learning to not let those desires rule his life and he's he's learning to deny himself do hard things and focus his mind elsewhere. Now, I don't think they were necessarily in here condoning, you should only eat um, one meal every four right. days. yeah. Because they also point out that he's not a, he's not a Gnostic. He's not saying, well, the spiritual is what matters and my flesh is bad. Mm-hmm. But he's also trying to combat sins of things like gluttony, which remove your mind from what you're supposed to do. You're not taking care of the body God's giving you. You're just eating and not paying attention to what you do. He's yeah. trying... The point was he's more trying to be intentional in what he does because the gymnastics training, going back to it, is a training Mm -hmm. of your body and your appetites physically, and then that does affect you spiritually as well. And then they do tie back into the music as well. Mm -hmm. Which would go with heart. And so what is it? Love the world we got with all your heart, soul, mind. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm going to have Huey Lewis stuck in my head now. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that'd be heart and soul. Would it be the music <laughs> education? <laughs> I don't know what mind. Mind's kind of in between, I guess. I don't think they they didn't like correlate all of them to specific things that I no, remember. They, they did that specifically, but but it, it would be encompassing. I mean, all of those are in there somewhere because we're we're body right. and soul. We are. So if you have both of our parts, the body and the soul and you're training them toward order, then all of those, your heart, soul, mind, strength, all those things are included in there. So it's its an all-encompassing education. From beginning, and they're tying in here, beginning to end, it encompasses the whole of the student. Mm-hmm. You, you're not just settling for, well, intellectually they know what to do. As Paul said, I do that which I do not want to do, and that which I ought to do, I don't do. I'm paraphrasing. Yep. But the idea of, Intellectual knowledge is not going to be what saves us. Education is not going to fix the problems that we see in the world around us. There are plenty of people who know what they shouldn't do. I'm raising my hand. Yeah. And they still do the thing they know they shouldn't do. So the the problem here is not a lack of knowing what we ought to do. It's a lack of having the fortitude and the strength to go and do the thing we know we ought to do. Yeah. Which is something that we will just be stuck with. Until we are fully perfected by Christ, yep. <laughs> which, praise the Lord, we have that promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they end this section with, I think, a very cool summation of what theology does. Theology orders our knowledge to its proper end in the worship and service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And so 
it's it's ordering our knowledge. So all of the knowledge that we've gained from all these things, it orders it and directs it towards worship of God. Yep. And so that's why it's the culmination and it's the it's the end, it's the telos of classical education. Yep. Is because it's the one that orders all the stuff that we just learned before we get there. And then it directs it and points us to our end, which is to worship God. Yeah. Because the liberal arts are all about ordering. So the Greeks were thinking, we need to order things. So we're going to order. The first, we've got this order of language. So orders language, by extension, orders how we think. Then we've got the mathematical ones. We're going to order the physical realm with numbers and then space and time and these things as well. But then taking it a step farther, I mean, philosophy and study is the order of nature and then the person and then the divine but then with theology really studying god is the order of everything and christ as the ruler of earth is should be where everything finds its order is in him mm-hmm. so it's a again going back to it's the queen of all arts it's the one that the church saw the importance of what the greco-roman Roman world had tried to do and said they're really close they have found a lot of great things we're going to tack one on top, like like the ring in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> there's all these other rings out there that have power, and then there's one that's ring put to, to rule, rule all of them. You could have now, just quoted it. One Why ring... did you not just quote it? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, won't, we won't utter that speech here. But in, in this case, it's not an evil villain that's put something over the whole of it. It's right. the, the church has said, nope. We need to recognize that theology is the culmination and lifeblood of the entire curriculum. And mm-hmm. it needs to be all throughout. And then it culminates in this at the yeah. end. So this is kind of this is where we're gonna leave our discussion of this book. Yep. We've we've come to the end of it. Uh I know I've I enjoyed this book. Yeah. I took copious notes in it. I I can't I, wait to read it again. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. I would highly recommend it if you're interested. If you're interested in learning more about classical education, I mean, mm-hmm. there's they go into way more detail than we did. Oh yeah, I, I would encourage reading it. Grab. They have multiple editions. The mm-hmm. fourth edition, I believe, is their most recent one. Third, third edition. Third edition. Third edition. It is. So make sure you grab that one. Yeah, um, it has like forty percent more content. Yeah, they added a lot to it. But it, whether you're 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 new and want to learn about classical education or just want to hear it concisely put together or so mm-hmm. you're somewhere in between it's it's a great book i yeah. enjoyed it so i guess that brings us to what are we kind gonna of do next? what are we going to yeah what are we going to do next so this up to this point this has kind of been our attempt at an introduction over the past i can't remember how many episodes I think it's this 10. is now just I'm 10. pretty sure this is episode 10 10 or 11 i think this has kind of been our introduction to still who are we, where are we coming from, and what what exactly is it that we do. Mm-hmm. So we we have a bunch of just different interests in books and subjects and various things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and we wanted to provide this kind of first as a framework of this is where we're coming from in our education. Mm-hmm. This is like the framework in which we understand all of reality. Yes. It's almost kind of like us, I guess, defining our terms in a way. Yeah. So there, there's just a lot of things that we enjoy talking about, but it's it's after jumping off of 
this educational background to get into these other topics. So we thought, well, before we just go off in the weeds, right? <laughs> let's let's try to explain how this basically works and how we how we have been taught to think about some of these things. Yeah, would that be fair to say? Yeah, <laughs> I think if we just because both of us have been in this for like the past four years or whatever, and ish, I mean, different amounts of years for each of us, but for us to go through that and then just start talking about stuff and maybe other people haven't had any classical background at all and they would just be completely lost with the way that we talk about stuff. So that's kind of why we wanted to walk through all of that. Yeah, and so the, I mean, well, we both are probably a little bit nerdy. Oh, um, for sure. You <laughs> so, just almost quoted the black speech, dude. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, d- Just... Th- trying to put out it's not just we read this stuff just because we're we're massive nerds and just are part of nerd culture and just right. read those things no 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 there's there's a reason that we read the things that we read we want to talk about things we talk about because we see them culminating in mm-hmm. theology which is something i was actually talking about with somebody recently is like i know people who very much in their mind are well we have entertainment books here so fiction fits here and there's theological books that fit here and they're two separate piles, and they kind of divide it up. But I was like, I read like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I still read it with a theological worldview in mind. And I'm, I'm as I'm reading pretty much anything, I'm reading it from a framework of the this stuff here, the the theology. Well, how what philosophical point is he trying to make by saying this? What is mm-hmm. what does it imply that he would say such a thing like this? Or Look at the word choice that he used there. Isn't that beautiful and reminiscent of this? So I, I guess that was kind of our purpose in this was we're reading a lot of these as, when while we love Lord of the Rings, um, this is the one that keeps coming yeah, to mind. Yeah, that's just the example. <laughs> um, it's, there's a deeper level to reading something like that other than just, well, I personally love it and I find it. It's a cool it, well, story, a fun bro. story, yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's deeper levels to read it beyond mm-hmm. just that as well. Yeah. And then also on top of just wanting to talk about things also, I mean, it's, it's the cave escape. So we want to, we want to learn about things that's yeah. And so a lot of this is going to be stuff that we're interested in. We want to learn more about and understand how it fits into created order and how it can teach us more about God and trying to develop our own understanding of God and his creation. Mm-hmm. And so just, and doing that through discussion with each other and also we'll bring guests on to help us work through stuff. But that's kind of the main, the overarching goal of all of it. It's some of the under, underarching goals. I don't know if that's a word. Underarching (laughs) goals is just to talk about fun stuff that we would like to talk about. But. Because basically what happened was we just realized we were, we're getting together originally to play music and just jam. Yeah. And then it got into just half jamming, half hanging out. And then we would just hang out and talk about things. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, we, we need to be more systematic about it. And they're like, well, if we recorded it, we'd probably be more systematic about it. Yeah. So that's basically what led to all of this. Mm. But We both had the idea for the podcast actually separately. Within, an, within like an hour of each yeah. other, I think. I texted him and was like, bro, <laughs> do you want to do a podcast? He's like, I was just thinking about doing a podcast. <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so corny. <laughs> anyway, we're still figuring out how to 
talk on a podcast. That's true. <laughs> so as we go through this journey, mm-hmm. we will have recordings here. We'll be putting it on social media. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We also, as we've said before, we have a blog. I don't think we've actually given the official website for it. But if we probably you, did it at the beginning. We probably did. But I'll give it again here. Our our website is thecaveescapeblog.blogspot.com. And so we'll post weekly updates of just a rough outline of what each episode is about. You mm-hmm. can feel free to leave comments there. Facebook, Instagram, you can message us through those as well. There are also sometimes on Spotify it puts up, there'll be polls that'll come out on episodes and things. So you can look out for those. As we go through these things, we're really now jumping into just different topics that we find interesting, mm-hmm. looking through them together. Something one of us is interested in that's kind of talking to the other one about. But if you have questions, if you have potential topics that we haven't gotten into, maybe based off of something we've talked about, mm-hmm. feel free to let us know. Yeah, totally. Because we, we need topics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very open-ended. It's very open-ended. Just things that we find interesting just yeah about things <laughs> which is a lot of things there are a lot of things and we find a lot of things interesting about lots of things yes <laughs> so feel free to shoot us topics instagram facebook on the blog wherever you find us but if you have made it this far thank you so much for listening <laughs> yes and we will uh where we're gonna leave it for today we will be back next week until then take care <laughs>